Today's episode is brought to you by the new Yelp for Restaurants. In July 2020, hundreds of hospitality professionals and enthusiasts at Yelp banded together to create a new team dedicated entirely to the betterment of restaurants. Check out our latest project together, the Restaurant Marketing School podcast at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash marketing school or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here we go. What I figured out to do was put the people on the team, let them do it, let them get out there, let them talk to the guests, teach them how to do all of this stuff and then go to the next restaurant and be a part of it and make it happen and be out there talking to the guests, cook with the team, but get my team to do it with me. That's all the stuff that we did together. And so that's been the way and the only way that we've been able to actually do more than one restaurant. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry. Featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. Who's the most important person in your restaurant? On a busy Saturday night, it's the dishwasher. Because if the dishwasher doesn't show up, you're the dishwasher. To make his job easier and our operation more efficient, we've upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink using less soap and resulting in fewer changeovers. Save time and money with Dawn Professional. It's clean, upgraded. Some folks just seem to have it all figured out. Chef David Myers is a Michelin-rated globe-trotting chef with restaurants around the world. He's one of the only guys I know who was able to successfully pop up a restaurant in the midst of the pandemic. In today's episode, we run through the best and worst decisions he's made and the lessons he's learned from both. I think it was to follow my heart and to go after what I was passionate about, regardless of the odds, regardless of opinion, and regardless of even my own self-doubts, if it was the right thing to do or not. I basically was highly interested in cooking during college, studying international business, and I had a dream of traveling the world and doing big business deals. I didn't know what business that would be, but I wanted to do big business deals and I wanted to travel the world. That was what I knew. However, in college, I was focused on cooking dinner for friends on a nightly basis, testing recipes, basically doing everything that I should not be doing when I should have been studying for exams. So I realized at that moment that, gosh, I should really explore this, see if it's something I like. And so I went and knocked on the door of what was considered the best restaurant in the college town at the time and asked to have a job, wore a suit for the interview. Little did I know that you don't wear suits in kitchens. <laughs> and the chef, I think somebody had just quit and he gave me a shot to try out. And I did. And it kind of sparked an interest. I won't say I loved it right off the bat. I didn't, but I at least started one step forward to see if this is something that I would like to do. And three days later, after having sliced the tip of my finger off, having bought new knives and having had them stolen, and having been given a very important lesson about the reality of my future in the restaurant business, I decided to go all in and do it and just like abandon school and just go for it and see what happens. The lesson that I learned that was really to this day, I think, sums up the business is I'd slice the tip of my finger off cutting romaine lettuce with a serrated bread knife. All right. Number one, don't use a serrated bread knife cutting lettuce. And I was trying to be a speedy demon with that thing. And it just 
didn't work out well. Went to the doctor, thought I was going to lose my life because the tip of my finger was off. And <laughs> he's like, well, you don't need to go back to work for a few days. Let's get this healed. Don't get it wet. And I'm like, you think just a few days, doctor? I mean, like the tip is gone. Like maybe a month. <laughs> what do I do? Do we have surgery? I mean, just a complete idiot. And he goes, no, no, you'll be fine. It grows back actually, which is true. It does. Yeah. And just don't get it wet. So I called up my chef and I said, you know, chef, I just want to let you know I'm at the hospital. I'm alive. I survived this. And I'm talking very low. Like I've got like on my deathbed. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> what was I doing? And he's like, oh gosh, I'm glad to hear that. Listen, why don't you come by? We really need your help. One of our guys called out. Can you come by? And I'm like, yes, chef. But the doctor said I can't get it wet. And he goes, don't worry we'll make sure that doesn't happen. Don't worry about that. So I'm like, really? You think it'll be okay? And he's like, of course, come on by. So I'm like, all right, chef, I'll be there shortly. So I get ready. I go into work and I show up at the back door thinking I'm going to be heralded as a hero and champagne being poured, pats on the back. Hey, you're okay, man. Way to go. No, nothing. I see the chef. He turns around, grabs a box of lettuce and throws it at me. And he goes, wash the lettuce. So that summed up a restaurant business <laughs> to a T for me. And you know what? I think I loved it. And I have been going and hard charging it ever since. So it was a great lesson, great experience, and was very thankful for it. Now, and we could wax philosophical on food, on technique and flavor combinations and your overall concepts and how that led to your success. But a critical element of success, which when you look at the results from the pandemic, business prowess really hasn't been part of the conversation when it comes to chefdom or food service in general. Everyone wants to talk about the quality of their food instead of like the quality of their books. And you seem to run a great restaurant and a great business as well. What's been the secret to success there? Just great people. It's really came down to hiring the very best, hiring people that were better than me in areas that I'm not good at or I don't know or I'm not interested in. My focus and most important job is to make sure that we get new restaurant deals, we grow the brand, and the concept comes to life. And I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know what I'm not interested in. And that's really been important and been a key. And so I've been really lucky to surround myself with some rock stars in their own categories, people who are great at those things that I'm not at. And that's been, I think, really the big difference. At the end of the day, we've got to deliver an unbelievable experience for our guests. We need to make sure they come back and we need to stay in business. We have to make money. Our partners need to make money. And we're focused on the big picture of that. So we have people in different categories that really help bring that to life. How did you avoid the trap of working in the business as opposed to on the business? Because there's no way you could have possibly grown to the level you have without working on the business. Yeah, that's right. It was hard at first. I was the guy that was always in the restaurant, never missed a day of work. If I had to fly for a trip, I took a red eye and I was back by the evening service. That was to New York from LA, by the way. I did whatever it took. I thought it was important for a chef to be in his kitchen, important for him to be there to lead his team. But as I realized, I just essentially bought myself a job versus a career that can grow and I can grow from. So I would be stuck in this same position for the rest of my life if I didn't figure out how to make myself redundant, so to speak, where the business didn't need me to succeed. And so I took myself out of the equation. I started hiring really talented people, promoting really talented people, giving them a shot to run the business, 
and then focused on looking at getting new opportunities and to grow. And it was a hard transition, to be honest, how to give up what I knew, which is to be in a kitchen, to cook with my team, to create dishes, to talk to guests and be focused on a daily basis. It was hard. But what I figured out to do was put the people on the team, let them do it, let them get out there, let them talk to the guests, teach them how to do all of this stuff, and then go to the next restaurant and be a part of it and make it happen and be out there talking to the guests, cook with the team, but get my team to do it with me. That's all the stuff that we did together. And so that's been the way and the only way that we've been able to actually do more than one restaurant. But that requires tools and strategies. And one of my biggest frustrations, and it really came out after the pandemic, after I had looked at all of these other industries and saw that they do business so differently than we do. And there's so much groupthink in the hospitality industry. We all talk about the same things. We all prize the same things. It's always about 80 to 100 hour work weeks. Who can work the hardest? Who has the most scars? Who's given up the most? Where did you learn the tools and strategies that you needed to be able to do that? I like to read. And so there's two areas. One is I read business books like crazy that had nothing to do with the restaurant business, nothing to do with cooking. When I launched my first restaurant, I didn't model it after another restaurant. I modeled it after SEAL Team 6. And when I had read this incredible book by Dick Marcinko called The Rogue Warrior, it was a New York Times bestseller. It basically talked about the formation of the U.S. military's most top secret, but also most effective military elite group that there was. And I thought, when I need to build a team, the best team, what do I look to? Sports, business, what is it? And it's really the military because your life's on the line and your buddy's life is on the line next to you. And so I've used books and inspiration from really smart people to help guide me. I remember reading a book from Jack Welch, the former CEO of General Electric a long time ago, talking about control your own destiny or someone else will. It's some really powerful principles in there. He talked about globalization and his number one priority at running a billion dollar company was not on the product like you would think it was or on revenue, it was on people. And so he put his, it was like 80% of his energy and focus on to HR and finding the right people for the right roles. And so I took little bits of this from all of this stuff that I gleaned from the books and tried to apply it into our business. And clearly there was nothing in any of these books that said, stay a slave to the jobs, be in one position forever. That's not growth. That's not healthy. That's not beneficial. And furthermore, it doesn't provide a career path for anybody that's on your team. If somebody wants to be a chef, the only way they can do that is to leave you to go and be a chef somewhere else. Well, that doesn't help us. You build and invest time and train people and bring them up and then they just move on. So we had to break that cycle and figure out a better way to grow the business and also to make more money. The restaurant business is tough, as you know. The margins are slim. And if you want to create more opportunity for your team, as well as for yourself, you need to grow. Did mentorship play a role? Yeah, very much. I had some great mentors. Some of the chefs that I had worked for were incredible. Well, they all were incredible, actually. Every single one. From the very first guy that taught me just how to cook, Chef Wiley, he was amazing, to Charlie Trotter that taught me the importance of excellence and the all-out assault on creating the ultimate experience and doing whatever it took. That that was incredible. The philosophy I learned from him around what it took to deliver just, just something that was memorable, I'll never forget. He was really, truly one of my first great mentors. And then, you know, to Daniel Balud, he taught me what it was like to be a chef, to Joe Kim Spashal, he taught me 
understanding about business. He's a chef who created one great restaurant, then grew it into like, gosh, I don't even know how many, 50, sold the company, bought it back, sold it again. I mean, just true businessman. So I've had some really great mentors in my life. And also I've had some great friends who have been mentors as well from a business standpoint, people that have been successful in their own right in entirely different fields, but have been guests that have turned into friends. And I learned so much from them. When the pandemic first hit and I closed my restaurant, I was looking for someone to blame. I think we were all looking, you know, the pandemic was just this very generic thing. So it was really difficult to blame that as the reason that everything fell apart. I also knew that as successful as we were, we weren't doing incredibly well before the pandemic. We had a big top line, an incredibly small bottom line, and we dealt with operational and financial issues every single day. And again, we had gotten a bib gourmand in 2019, like every accolade we could get locally in Los Angeles, we had. So we were at the top of the heap. And if it was a slog every single day for us, I could only imagine what it was like for everyone else. And it was my fault. Like, I'm the reason that the industry collapsed because at the top with a megaphone and with an opportunity to create change, I said nothing. I didn't talk about our struggles and the hardships and how much effort goes into creating an effortless experience. I kept my prices lower than they should have been. I competed with all of my neighbors aggressively. I am incredibly representative of why the industry collapsed as quickly as it did. And what I wanted immediately after that was the opportunity to start fresh and be open and transparent and honest. And one of the things I've tried to do on this show a lot is talk about the mistakes that I've made and the lessons that I've learned from them, because I think if we all did that collectively as an industry from the beginning, we'd all probably be a lot further along because we'd be making new mistakes instead of each other's mistakes. And I'm wondering, like, were there any big, profound lessons that you've learned along the way that you would want to share? Oh, God, yeah. And by the way, a very thoughtful comment and analysis of what you've been through and what you've done. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I have made so many mistakes, uh, still make mistakes, hopefully not the same ones over and over, but I have made so many mistakes, had so many ups and downs and failures across the board. And I'm sure I'm going to make a lot more going forward. For me, I was very young when I started the business, 26. I knew nothing about business. I thought I knew everything and I didn't. So that was mistake number one. Number two, I didn't focus entirely on the numbers as I should have. I should have put as much effort and energy into understanding every detail of a P&L and having crystal clear the mantra of, if you don't make money, you will close your business, as opposed to what great dish can I put on to blow away a guest? What great dish can I get on to get a better review? All of that's important, no question, but I wasn't skilled enough, smart enough to understand that I needed it all. You need to know how to run a business. And restaurant business is so difficult. And you talk about you had a very big top line and a very small bottom line. And yeah, this is the most difficult, in my opinion, one of the most difficult businesses that there is. It's a pennies business. The margins are so small. You have a bad day, it turns into a bad week. Your bad week turns into a bad month. And that bad month throws off your whole year. I don't know many businesses that have that slim of a margin where you can screw up your whole year so quickly. So I have made mistake after mistake on the business side, learning the details, but I've also learned a lot. 
and I've improved and I've hired better people and I've taken action around that. And I've asked a lot of questions and I have said more often than not that I have no idea. Can you help me? And so I think some of the things that I've taken away as a positive of this tough experience and definitely humbling experience has been to ask for help, has been to say, I don't know what I'm doing and to figure out as quickly as possible how to do what I don't know, or at least find somebody who does. So, you know, I've opened restaurants, I've closed restaurants. It's a horrific process. It's terrible. It takes a bit of my soul every single time, but it also makes me tougher. It makes me smarter and it makes me more resilient to moving forward and making a better success the next time. So I've done a lot of reading about very successful people. And I don't know a single person who's been ultra successful who has not had multiple failures. So I look at you, I look at me, I look at other people. I think the best thing that we could do to take away something positive from these experiences are a couple of things. One, a really intense reflection at yourself to see what you did right, what you didn't do right, and how you can improve upon it. Two, take immediate and ruthless action towards it. And then three, constant forward motion, not quitting, not beating yourself up too much over and over. Take the lumps, learn your lessons and get moving, get back up. So that's the best thing I learned about all of this stuff. So on to my next failure, on to my next challenge somewhere. It's going to happen. Sure. I'm learning constantly, but I'm just hoping they become a little bit smaller and I can turn around quickly. Well, and that'll bring us back to today. So a drift burger bar, a banger out the gate. Which is interesting because like the restaurant's done incredibly well in the midst of a global pandemic, in the midst of, like we said before, the beyond Thunderdome situation that we're dealing with in Los Angeles. Before I open another restaurant, the reason I started the show, which has been a completely selfish endeavor, is because I want to know if success in the industry is formulaic. And is it possible to create success after success after success if you follow a prescribed formula. And I'm wondering, what was the recipe that you put together for a drift prior to opening, especially considering how quickly you were able to turn it around? Well, experience played a healthy part in the luck around getting a restaurant open in 30 days and not quitting. Having had the experience of those challenges in the past, having opened multiple restaurants, having done it in different countries, dealing with different cultures, different rules, different trying economic times, all provided the background and the necessary fortitude to do it. On top of that, I was surrounded, like I said before, with just incredibly talented, passionate people that win. These are people that are highly focused on winning. I don't know of any formula aside from finding the best people and doing everything you can to work with them. If I could find that formula, I wish I could, you know, I would use it right away. But I think as I've been learning, it's a bit of the best people. It's a bit of intense, hard work. And then finally, it's that last little bit of dash to finish up the recipe, not to throw in a terrible culinary pun here, but it was about never giving up, never giving up. Constant forward motion has been my mantra during this period. And when you look forward, what are your goals for 2021, 2022? Absolutely. Well, first of all, my key word for this year is attack. So we hit the ground sprinting. We used the time during the pandemic to keep building and growing and investing in our brand and in our company. We launched a new website. We launched a new Adrift 
We created new concepts that are ready to be rolled out. And we stayed in touch closely with all of our partners, either that we're working with or that we want to work with. And we invested a lot of time into those relations. So our goals this year are really simple. We're attacking every single thing we can. We're going to grow adrift our brand globally. We're going to have new deals you know, in key parts of the world, Asia, Middle East, Africa, Europe, South America, North America. We're going to attack. We're going for it. We want to grow our brand. We want to open new concepts. It's what I do. It's what I love. And we're all in on it. So Adrift Burger Bar is the last one we opened at the end of last year. And it's a massive focus of ours. We're going to take it on the road. We're taking the concept, the idea, 30 days to launch on the road as well. So you will see more Adrift Burger Bars, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all of the things you want to say to get as much luck as you can. But we're definitely going to do that. We're going to have that thing pop up in Japan for sure. Singapore for sure, Middle East for sure. It's an industry podcast. And at the end of every episode, I like to give the guest an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement you'd like to offer? Yeah, absolutely. This has been a really excruciatingly tough time for all of us. My hat's off to everybody in this business who went to work every day when we're able to be open, who braved the risk of a virus who still went there to make sure people had a good experience. And even in the midst of this extremely difficult and deadly situation, in many cases, they put on a brave face and did what everyone loves to do in this business, which is make people happy. To all those who've done that, nothing but respect. And all I can say is for the people who've had the challenges, including myself, constant forward motion. Don't quit no matter what. Keep going. And I really believe that we're going to even surpass the roaring 20s as we get through this. I mean, the intensity and vibrancy and need and wants to eat and drink and be merry and be with friends and socialize is going to be through the roof. We are going to come back bigger and better than ever. Just don't quit. That's Chef David Myers. For more on David, go to gypsychef.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.